You're listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley and Fred Slow. <laughs> this is going to be so good. 95.9 FM, 610, the sports animal. The cream of the crop. And talkabq.com. Turn it up. Turn it up. What it is, Duke City. Good morning. You're listening to 95. Ooh, coming in hot. I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm going to take a drink right now. You hear me swish it around a little bit? Let's try this again. It's disgusting, really. <laughs> Good radio. Thank you. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. And the program in question is Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central. Live from the At Talk ABQ studio, we are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. Happy Saturday, Albuquerque. Hope you had the best week of your life, because I did. And I got a bonus Saturday, because we got a friend in town. Ryan Tamari sitting in today. Good morning, Ryan. A- am I a friend in town if I'm from here? Or is that a terrible question? Well, friend, <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, you're new in town. Fresh from the East Coast. Yeah. And, yeah. You still right. got that East Coast smell on you. That's a stank. You smell like leather-bound books. <laughs> How's your morning going, dude? Uh, fantastic thus far. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. It's a smorgasbord of sports today, and other things yeah as uh as a loyal listener knows we usually have ryan on towards the end of the show in the last hour help us talk sports round out the day we have a fredless saturday so if you're only here for fred which i doubt you are i was just gonna say that <laughs> then there's no fred today he's stuck up in las vegas apparently las vegas doesn't have internet service that's what I heard. They have hot springs, though, Vital. Behind the glass, we have super producer Mike Vital. Good morning, buddy. How you doing? Good morning to you, and uh, go Astros. Wow, what a game last what night. What a game. Whew. You know we're going to be touching on that later. But um, just wanted to say good morning to y'all. I don't want to come in too hot. It's a little early. I got up kind of late. I was a little groggy this morning, so I... Pounded that snooze button. Late night. Not that bad. Like I was, I was in bed like right at midnight. That, that was polar opposite of what I did last night. Polar opposite. I had dinner. Dion's, by the way, I'm throwing that out there because I hadn't had it in forever, and I always forget about it. For somebody who name ate, dropper, yeah, I know I'm name dropper. Fancy pants over here. Uh, There's Dion's. Yeah, for somebody who consumed a lot of Dion's in high school and, and so and in college, but um. I had like the worst headache, and I was in bed at six o'clock, and woke up at ten, and then saw the the Astros score. But uh, yeah, old man status right there. Well, I will get you caught up on all things Houston Astros, all things Jose Altuve, all things. Look at my wrist; it's my time, Carlos Correa. Heck of a game. Got very exciting at the end too. 
But long story short, Astros are up one rip. Got another game at home today before going to Boston. It quietly snuck up on me that this is their fifth straight ALCS appearance. Only That's three pretty baller teams. status. Yeah. Only three teams in the history of baseball. I learn something new every day. 70s Oakland A's, 90s Atlanta Braves, and now the the 2010s and 20s Houston baseball Astros making history. I really want a rematch. I, I brought like, it up. That's that's the story, right? I, I have several friends that are Dodger fans, and this is this is a quote unquote Dodger town. I mentioned that to a buddy of mine who's a who's a big Dodger fan, and it was a text I sent him, and I was like, dude, I would love, absolutely love a rematch of 2017. I think it would be fantastic, and we can put everything to rest. Yes, exactly that. And now, you know, whoever's playing the Astros have a leg up because their ace, Lance McCullers Jr., is out. I didn't hear that. Missed yeah, that. I got some forearm swelling. Uh, if the swelling goes down and the Astros win the series, he might be available for the World Series matchup against whoever comes out of the National League. But Lance McCullers Jr., ace of the Houston Astros staff, is out for the American League Championship Series. You got to rely on your two, three, and four guys to be number ones. Worked out so far. Game one in the books. We'll hit on that later. <clears throat> in the nine o'clock hour, we have Ring of Honor inductee Dontrell Moore. This is news to me. I'm pleased. Going to talk about uh, his induction into Lobo lore. And we're going to talk a little Lobo's football, too. Uh, 10 o'clock hour, we got C.J. Chavez of Evolve Strong Fitness. As you know, Ryan, we are doing Sober October, and uh, I was wildly tempted last night. I really wanted an oat soda last night. but uh, How's it going thus far? For I you? resisted. Doing great, man. Oh, yeah. um, I did two a days all week, Monday through Thursday. I only got one workout in on Friday. I'm only getting one workout in today. And I think I'm going hiking tomorrow. Going to do an early hike before football because it's a rivalry game. Packers Bears doesn't get any better than that. Man, I don't I'm so care excited. what. Forget Giants Dodgers. It's Packers Bears. I think Giants Dodgers is great. I have that as like probably three or four number three or number four rivalry. Number one in all of sports is Yankees Sox, right? I had the pleasure of seeing it in person. Yeah? And it is – I would love to see it in Boston. I saw it in the Bronx, and I saw the Red Sox. David Price started, and he annihilated them. And uh saw them win like 9 – saw Red Sox win 9-1 to one, uh, when I was living back east, and I went with a, with a buddy of mine. Let's do a best rivalries. Let's do a best rivalries segment later. I wanted to talk about something right now that's kept me up last night. I am um, – had a weird night of sleep. Like, as soon as I closed my eyes last night, I crashed out. But I'd wake up, like, on the hour every hour. And the inside of my bicep was itching. And I didn't figure it out until this morning. I got bit by a friggin' spider last night. I got a spider bite. I'll take my hoodie off in the commercial break, and I'll show you, Ryan. I'll show you, Vital. But I have, like, this big red whelp on the inside of my bicep. And, like... A little third nipple on my arm. <laughs> like a tiny little baby nipple on my arm. Another and I had to Google it. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Go get I, that checked. I was scared like I had an infection or like 
a ringworm or something weird, but it's a spider bite. And it's the itchiest thing I've ever had. You you and I have something common in the last couple of months. And before I, I, I got bit by a spider sleeping on the ball. I don't, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to, damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. Oh, well, now that's the polar opposite of what I consulted is. Dr. Google. There you go. That's, that's who I chose. Um, on the ball of my left foot. And it hurt and oh, it itched. Oh, my God. Um, but I have two fears. One is flying, and I've done it a lot. And my second, I have arachnophobia. I am petrified of spiders. Oh, really? Beyond petrified. Oh, no. I used to be scared of sharks when I was a kid. Like, uh, I grew up um, on the Gulf Coast of Texas. It makes sense. Yeah. And there's, like, it's uh, it's not the nicest part of the Gulf. It's called Texas City, Texas. It's like an oil town, like New Mexico talking to you new mexican if you like pick up artesia and set it on the gulf coast of texas like that's where i grew up we had this conversation off air one day yeah exactly so and there's this long fishing pier man-made fishing pier that comes off of the coast it's called the texas city dike and like the biggest catches of the day will be hanging like right when you drive down right when you turn onto it and start driving down it because it's miles long it just goes and goes and goes so I would like see like sharks hanging from this thing, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I swim in the ocean and there's sharks there." And it and it turned into an irrational fear, to where even like when I was in a swimming pool, like I'd be turned, I'd be looking over my shoulder, like, "Is that shark coming? Like, where's the shark?" And obviously it was an irrational fear, and obviously I was a child, and it went away eventually, but. I see your arachnophobia, and I'll raise you an irrational fear of sharks in a swimming pool. So where, did did you get, like, bit by a spider when you were a kid or just, no, like, get I, creeped out by one? It's I, just I think my, my dad instilled me when I was younger. We had tons of black widows around, and it was like, well, you're a small child. If you get bitten, you can die. And it, like... I still didn't have the comprehension of death. Wow, we're really morbid. This yeah, morning. let's get there. Yeah, let's... didn't have the comprehension of death or dying, but it like scared me. And they're just, I, they're fascinating creatures. But like, it's the little the hourglass, and the, it just freaked me out. And they all, even till this day, like the other day, I there was a spider in my room, and I was like, it, it was it was massive. And I'd be, yeah, man, I sound like the biggest wimp right now, but I didn't want to go near it. Like, walk completely polar other opposite direction in my room away from it. I am. Um... I like spiders. I don't now since one of these jerks bit me on the arm. Like, I got beef with them. Like, I usually, like, get a newspaper or a piece of paper, and I'll pick them up, and I'll put them outside, you know, tell them to good, good luck, you know. I only kill, like, roaches and ants in my house. I usually pick up the spiders, give them a chance. Like, hey, you got a shot, buddy. Go, go live your life. Just not in my house. <laughs> and then now I have beef with these creepy little maniacs because I got bit by one. Like I thought I would have a good representation, like a good reputation amongst the spider world because I keep picking you guys up and letting you outside. But now one of you bit me. So it's, it's a full on war now. No, no karma. I got a, I used to have a black widow on my front porch and you know, they're, they eat bugs. Yeah. They're good for you. It's, it's good luck in Indian lore not to kill spiders. So like, okay, you get to live on my porch now. This is your porch, too. If I see you again, you're a dead man. <laughs> I have a bloodlust for spiders now because I thought you were on my team. I Saved you for years, 
Did and this you, is how you treat me? Did you ever see the movie? Well, there's two movies I'm referencing here. Uh, Eight-Legged Freaks with David Arquette. Like, sure. I went and saw in theaters, and it was like something to conquer my fear. Free, it still freaked me out. And it was kind of a good, it was like a B-movie like from the 50s. And then the Peter Jackson uh, King Kong with, uh, there were spiders in it, you know, all the insects in it. Like the centipede. I don't know what they were described. That bothered, I was like 18 or 19 when that movie came out, and it still bothered me. And I Ouch. still couldn't sleep at night. Did you ever see John Goodman's Arachnophobia? I certainly did with uh, uh, De- see, Jeff Daniels, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that one probably would not help. No. and That, that one would probably make it worse. And that is a more, it, it's a dark comedy, but it's more of a realistic yeah. v- take on, I guess, fear, you know, fear of spider, arachnophobia. Yeah. Arachnophobia. Yeah, I can't stand spiders. Ugh. <clears throat> Do you have a fear of anything, Vital? I like... got a fear of everything the older I get. <laughs> <laughs> I fear people. I fear everything. I just stay in my home, my we, apartment. We got to get you out sometime, buddy. We got to indoctrinate it's weird. you. I don't know if it's because of age. It's just now I just stay away from everyone. I, I, not my girlfriend, but uh, it's weird. Well, you got to take that girlfriend out. I w- <laughs> Are are you gonna have a, right are you gonna have a fear of being alone sometime soon? That's that's what I was thinking <laughs> recently. Yes, I can see Vital going out on the town dancing. I'll take you. out. You want to do a double uh, date sometime, Vital? Uh, no. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> All right, fine. I trade you Black Widow for a. So I used to like them. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like spiders, man. I can't stand them. When I was nineteen, the summer after high school, I worked in this facility. Um called the Kark Farm, Kark Farm Washington Ranch. And Washington Ranch was like 20 miles outside of Carlsbad. It was like this little <clears throat> artesia well oasis. It was like this lush, tiny little lush oasis with um, an artesian well and like a little creek that runs through it. it had trees and, and a lush little area in the middle of the desert. It's this freak little area. And driving out there, there'd be a certain time of the year where when it rains, all the tarantulas would go on the oh. other side of the road to the high ground. And so it like the highway would just be littered with like tarantula carcasses. In southern it's southeast New Mexico. Correct. I did not know this. Yeah, it's it's crazy out there. Um so I would just like pull over on the side of the road and like pick up tarantulas and play with them. Like they're they're very friendly and docile, like until they're threatened. And I just like pick them up and play with them. They're like fuzzy and adorable and like these fun, like brown and gray and like cream colors. There's like a bunch of different ones, and they're like they're cute little sweet things. And like I have very fond memories of like playing with spiders. Not anymore. It's a it's all on war now with spiders. World War Three. Okay, more sports talk, less spider talk. When we come <laughs> back, you're listening to ABQ Central on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Two two to Correa. Bust it! Left field! Pala Lacalle! Four to three! Carlos Correa! It's his time! Woo! Chills. Got chills just hearing it again. Call was brought to you by the Astros Radio Network. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central. Live from the At Talk ABQ studio, we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. You heard it there. Go ahead, Homer. Carlos Correa made it 4-3 
for the Astros last night. The swag dripping off of this human being just stood there and admired that home run while the home crowd goes bonkers. Looked towards the bench, tapped his wrist, said, it's my time, let's go, and then trotted the bases. I think the White Sox woke up your team here with that sign-stealing scandal. Oh, my God. They awoke a sleeping giant, didn't they? That was the dumbest thing they could have done. Don't give the best offense in baseball chalkboard material. That's why Dusty Baker was brought in to manage them, because of his reputation as being a by-the-book rules kind of guy. Not even kind of guy. That's who he is. Except for the whole steroids thing. Besides, you, well, besides, yeah, you, let's not, yeah. Well. Besides that. <laughs> it. When you talk about baseball, you know, side note, you just get everything's like so hypocritical. Like you, def- you defend one team and then it's like, well, they were doing X, Y, Z. It drives me nuts. I had a conversation with a guy about the Astros and he was talking trash about the Yankees. And I was like, well, it's just the circle of baseball life, I guess. A hundred percent. Why do you think the Yankees signed Carlos Beltran? Yeah. To learn about the Astros cheating scandal and use it. Yankees cheated. Red Sox cheated. The biggest haters of the Astros, the Dodgers, I bet enough time goes by, we'll find out that they cheated too. And, like, I can't, I can't handle it when Red Sox fan says, oh, they're, they're, okay, we're going to beat these cheaters. The Red Sox got in trouble for cheating too. They're just not the poster boys. They're not the face of it. You know whose idea it was to start the cheating scandal? Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran. Who's the Red Sox coach now? Alex Cora. Who got reprimanded? The Boston Red Sox. Careful. It's, Careful, Sox fan. It, it's kind of beautiful. It's like a daytime soap opera. It's like as the MLB turns or something. I love it. 100%. And, and I've talked about it on the show before, but I really enjoyed like being the lovable losers, being the Astros, worst team in baseball three years in a row, one of the worst teams in baseball for six years in a row, and then boom. The turnaround happened. Everybody loves Altuve. Everyone was cheering for the Astros. You know, go break, go break that curse. You know, Sox broke their curse. Cubs broke their curse. Like, everyone was cheering for the Astros to break their curse. Not anymore. Not after all that info came out. Not after the Astros had to fall on the sword for the whole league. I, I will never forget, and it, it, I happened to hear it on the Jim Rome show, it was like 20, 2012, 2013, the general manager of the Astros, and forgive me, I don't remember his name, he went on there and said, this is a work in progress. Give us four to five years, and we will be in the postseason. And sure enough, like two or three years later, um, they were in the wild card game in New York, and then in 2017, they win the World Series. Like, yep. Regardless of what you think they cheated or not, or they're just part of the system, I thought that was pretty awesome. And pretty ballsy to say, like, hey, we're going to be in the postseason three, four years. And they were there, and they won. Yeah, that was Jeff Lunhow. He, um, yeah, he set that whole thing up. They got him from the Cardinals. He really embraced the money ball. It was, it was more of a hybrid of um, the A's playbook and the Cubs playbook. It's like big money, money ball. But, yeah, like he said, watch. that This is going to take five years. Be patient with us for five years. And five years going to be in the playoffs. Five years there in the playoffs, seven years they won the World Series. I mean, 
even Sports Illustrated predicted it. They put George Springer on the cover of Sports Illustrated and said, you're 2017 World Series champions. And that was bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, anyways, here, here they are. Houston Astros in the American League Championship Series for the fifth year in a row, one of three teams in the history of baseball to do it. And you could, you could claim cheating all day. Okay? They got busted for it. They did it in 2017. They 100% did it during the regular season. They may or may not have done it during the playoffs. I can't hear any evidence on game footage in the playoffs, but they got busted during the regular season. They, uh, most people copped up to it. It's over. They got fined. But, hey, guess what? 18 lost to the World Series champions. 19 made it to the World Series again all the way to Game 7 to lose to the World Series champions. And I didn't see – I don't think anybody saw that coming. 20. The Nationals. American League Championship again lost to the Rays, who lost to the Dodgers last year. And here they are for the fifth year in a row, one up on the Boston Red Sox. And Hernandez and J.D. Martinez are former Astros players, if I remember. Two best – I mean, eh, two best is is subjective, but – Kike Hernandez and J.D. Martinez both came up in the Astros organization, both killing it on the Red Sox. That's unreal. Isn't that crazy? That just shows the dominance of their farm system and speaking the truth 10-plus years ago. Sure, no doubt. So game one was a thriller. Astros score one in the first inning, play some small ball, get a walk, get a hit. Move a runner over. That's unheard of these days. Sack fly, go up one nothing, And then in the third inning, starting pitcher Framber Baldez gets in trouble. A uh, couple runs given up. They chase Framber Valdez. Sox go up 3-1. to one. And then the bottom of the sixth inning, and it was so perfectly timed that Fox's coverage of the Jose Altuve at bat, they showed his hot zone. So high middle, 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 inside middle, and upper inside middle are his hot zones. And they're saying don't throw the ball to Jose Altuve with men on base in this area. In the very next pitch, homeboy hangs a slider right down the middle of the plate, and Jose Altuve knocks it into the Crawford boxes to tie the ball game 3 to 3. Crowd goes crazy. You get your home field back again, and then that sets the stage for the call you heard at the beginning of this segment where Carlos Correa just obliterates a ball and stands there admiring it and then taps his wrist and says it's my time. Let's go. There there is nothing as dramatic as a postseason home run or base hit to me it's because every bat every pitch it it, it all matters those are it, that oh. i know we got to go to break in a minute but a couple fun facts before we go to break jose altuve and carlos correa are two of the top five most clutch performers in the history of the postseason jose altuve has 20 postseason home runs 11 of those 20 postseason home runs are to tie or go ahead in a baseball game in the playoffs. That is clutch. Carlos Correa 
has four go-ahead home runs in the seventh inning or later. That's the most in the history of baseball. Watch out for these Astros bats. Love them or hate them. They are a talented bunch, and they are fun to watch. Back with more baseball talk. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back, Burke. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central, live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9 Sports. And all through the month of October, we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. I would like to think I'm getting strong other months, but I'm not sober other months. And I'm not not eating sugar other months. And I'm not not exercising from home other months. I went on this uh, healthy eating kick, and then Thursday night football went over to, and then game five, went over to Buddy's house to to watch both games. Halloween candy, and I don't drink much soda or cola. Uh huh. Um, and I had I don't know how many glasses of Barks root beer. Oh, and I'm a root it, beer guy. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I love, love it. root beer. Yeah, it, it, I love it. And then we had uh, <laughs> we had Detroit that Detroit style pizza from Pizza. So I can say that that was not the most healthy mm. night of mine, and uh, I was paying for it yesterday. Oh my goodness, dude! I I feel your pain. Like I know it's coming. I know I'm getting loose. Like early in November, because I got to make up for all the month of October, but I still want to like take this healthiness and like, except for Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I want to keep this momentum going all through the holidays, all through the winter, and you know, look like a like a beer belly Adonis next spring and summer when it's time to take that shirt off. I've never had that feeling in my life. I, I, I've said it a million times. I'm the most fat, skinny, disproportioned, disproportioned man you've ever seen. Hey, man. It's, it's gotten worse as I've hit 30. You uh, doesn't get any better when you get 50. See, oh, I mean, that's I'm four years into it. So CJ Chavez from Evolve Strong is going to join us at 1015 to talk about this. But it's never too late to start. It's never too late to make that first step, go to that first class, start that first exercise class, go to that gym. Because I, the hardest part's consistency, right? Like, I actually enjoy exercising as long as you mix it up and it doesn't get boring. I actually enjoy eating healthy because when I exercise and eat healthy, I don't feel bad about having six beers, <laughs> which I well, do often. I don't do that this month because we're doing Sober October with Evolve Strong. Check out EvolveStrong.com. That's E-V-O-L-V Strong.com. Classes for people of every skill level, any interest you have, there's a fun class for you. On the line, we got Tommy the Truth. Is that correct, Vitel? Tommy the Truth, good morning, buddy. What's happening? Hey, guys, good morning. Um, I didn't get the, the finish the game. I went to sleep early, uh, saw what happened this morning. I think it's good for the Astros because I think with Houston and the Dodgers and Boston, they want to do – one of two things. Do you want to prove you're not a one-year wonder and you can win two championships in five years so you can say you're a dynasty? That's for all three teams. But with the Astros, it means a little bit more because they want to get the stigma of the cheating thing away from them. And it, it's going to help if they do win, get to the World Series and win the World Series. But then, then they'll come back and say, well, you know, how come you just 
played right the first time and not cheated at all. I mean, that's what they're going to say anyway, you know, um, back a few years ago. Atlanta, I just, it's nice to see them back. They were, do you guys remember when they won 15 tennis in a row, 15 division titles in a row? I'm a New York Mets fan, I do. <laughs> 15 in a row, but they only won one World Series when they beat Cleveland, so it's like we won 15, but they, a lot of people said they should have won probably two or three World Series in that period, but they didn't. Yeah, Tommy, but, you um, just uh, Tommy, you just softballed my next question in there. If Are yeah. the Braves one-year wonders, mm-hmm. even though they did it over and over again for so long? They only got one championship. They only got yeah. one ring. They only got yeah. one trophy. If you ask me, and I am obviously not objective, I'm obviously not impartial because I'm an Astros fan, born and raised right outside of Houston, but I think being one of only three teams in the history of baseball to go to five straight championship series, that proves you're not a one-year wonder. Yeah, and I I guess I would give them a little more credit since they won the division 15 years in a row. I mean, I have to look at that a little bit differently, but most people would say, yeah, they're a one-year wonder because they didn't you know, win it one time in that whole whole period of time. But I don't think, honestly, they have the firepower to hang with the Dodgers. I'm picking that series for a one. I think Dodgers are going to roll them, and I think Houston is going to win four games to to chew over Boston. And then uh, another thing I wanted to say, the Cowboy thing, this is interesting. I don't think Moore, the offensive coordinator, has faced Belichick. I don't don't know if Dak has faced Belichick. Maybe he has. But this will be interesting because who can solve an offense like Belichick? I think Dallas will win the game, but um, this is going to be an interesting uh, meeting of the minds. Moore is the young kid, the guy that everybody's going to be after next year. I hope we can keep him. I'd keep him over McCarthy, to be honest with you. Um, and going against Belichick's you know, defensive mind. And then tonight, guys, WWE Super Show, Real Round Show, I will be there. I'm meeting with the lady, promotion lady. She got me a ticket for the show for wrestling and going over my wrestling manager character that I've been working over for over a year and a half now. So I'm excited about that. Time's finally here, and I'm just very nervous right now. But I'm excited. Well, Tommy, um, we will also be there tonight. So Fred and I will be there. Um, of course, Fred's going to be there because he's all things wrestling. He's the biggest wrestling mark in the history of wrestling marks. <laughs> so uh, shoot us, shoot us a message. We'll come say hi tonight. Yeah, for sure. I know, I know I'm going to meet with her either before or after the show for what she told me. Nice. And then, um, I don't think Sasha Banks is going to be there, unfortunately, but it still be a good show. And I haven't been to the show since the 90s, so I'm, going to, I'm looking forward to it as far as a live show. Well, strong work, Tommy. Appreciate the call, as always. I hope you enjoy the show. That's, that's awesome. I, I didn't know they were going to be here tonight. Everybody enjoy that. We're, uh, we're going to be talking football later, but to address the Cowboys real quick. Cowboys are legit. Cowboys are legit. If they can keep playing defense, they have a prolific enough offense to do a lot of damage and beat really good teams. Like they've beat, they've demolished everyone they're supposed to demolish. They almost beat Tampa Tom in the in the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. One drive away, one Tom Brady heroic drive away from winning that game too. So, I mean, the defense has shown that they're legit. Micah Parsons just stepped into the league, walked onto the field, and he's a top-five linebacker. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs is either the best or second-best corner in the game right now. It's it's hard to put him over Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey has, you know, years of success. But if you you could tell me that he's – already the second best corner and i'm not going to argue that 
So if the Cowboys keep playing defense, they're going to do a lot of damage. So I, I could see them winning the NFC. I really could, and I don't know. It, it, they, I think they have to get home field advantage, but I can see them going on the road and giving Tampa, giving Green Bay, and Griffin, giving giving give the Rams a hard time. I'm still the debate's still open on the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury is out with COVID. Um, I'm throwing the floor back to you because I know you want to talk baseball. I'll save my football takes for later. Yeah, let's say football takes. Let's wrap up this. Uh, let's wrap up um, Astros Red Sox, and we'll move on next segment to Dodgers Braves. The Red Sox have a very powerful lineup as well, and I would tell you that the Astros had. Su- I would tell you the Astros had superior pitching until Lance McCullers went out. Astros definitely have the better back end of the bullpen. They have three guys who can close. Uh, they have a better six, seven, eight, nine bullpen. They got better long relievers. So the Astros have the advantage in the bullpen area. But lineup, the Red Sox are almost as good as the Astros. And then starting pitching with Lance McCullers out, I think the Red Sox are just as good as the Astros. Yeah. So this is about as even as matchup as you can get. Neither team has good pitching, but the offenses of both the Astros and the Red Sox are pretty good. Well, the Astros' starting pitchers, minus Lance McCullers Jr., who has been lights out in the playoffs and in the the final stretch of the regular season, Framber Valdez didn't show it last night. Regular season, Framber Valdez, you give him 100 pitches. Playoffs, he gets in trouble. you got to yank him early. But Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, and uh, Jose Arquiti are really good middle-of-the-rotation guys who's going to keep your team in the game. And guess what? They still got Zach Granke to pick up a spot start. They still have Jake Odorizzi to pick up a spot start. Or they can just, these two guys can also be long relievers. On the phone line, we have Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. What's on your mind, buddy? Morning, guys. Uh, Baseball, football, you know, I'm a Dodger fan. Uh, secondary uh, Red Sox fan because I hate the Yankees, but this Red Sox uh, Astros game, good game last night. Thought Kike Hernandez was gonna, uh, you know, by himself. Uh, he tried do everything. Yeah. yeah, he tried. He did his best. He was MVP for the first four innings. But anyway, um, I'm not. I uh, dislike the Astros, but I got to give credit credit to do. They're loaded. They're tough. They're playing good. If they could go three months without Alex Bregman and not miss a beat, watch out. But it's a seven game series. A lot can happen. And uh, I'll be rooting for the Red Sox. So they're playing okay now. Uh, and then Dodgers, my Dodgers tonight. Let's see what happens. You know, uh, sad way to end. I know it was talked about a lot yesterday. But uh, end the game the other night, you know, with a check swing. But it is what it is. And uh, go Dodgers. They're loaded. And it was sad to see somebody that wins 109, 110 games has to bow out, you know, and not even make it to the next series. So, um, uh, but uh, on that note, and let's see, I think it's not bad. Fred, you're the Cardinals fan, right? They fired the manager, right? Uh, Fred uh, is having technical difficulties. He's oh. up in he's up in Las Vegas. He's going to call the uh, New Mexico oh. Highlands football game today. Today you got me, oh. Van, and yeah. special guest host Ryan Tamari. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm Fred. Trying. I'm on the way. Fred is the Cardinals dork. Was, I'm the Astros dork. It was breaking dork. in, but okay, good, good. But anyway, that was it. Cowboy fan also, so they're doing good as long as the defense can hang in there. You're right. And go Dodge, go Dodgers, go Cowboys, go Red Sox. Y'all have a good day. Hey, you too, Orlando. Thanks for the call. Appreciate when friends of the show always call in, and you are one of those, Orlando. Thank you so much. The check swing. Did you you saw the check swing? I, I right. Did. Yeah. That. That was very unfortunate. Um, let's uh, talk more check swing, and let's talk more Dodgers-Braves when we get back from the break. You've been listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Dave & Buster's Presents ABQ Central live from the At Talk ABQ studio. As always, we are powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. It's a Fredless Saturday. In his stead, we have special guest host Ryan Tamari. Apparently, there's no internet service in Las Vegas, New Mexico, so I'm super sorry. They got a university up there, and they don't have internet service. Well, I don't know how this works. I mean... Maybe he could like go to the school library or something and and yell and pipe him. in, but <laughs> Ryan as a citizen, <laughs> yeah, I think he'll get it figured out. He'll get it figured out eventually. Yeah, I like the idea of going to a library at a major university and just yelling into a phone. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. So it's a Fredless Saturday. And either, thank you for having me on, as always. Either you're super happy or you're super sad about that, or you think it's okay. I think it's the guest you have today, Van, is incredible. He used to do journalist uh, stuff, sports stuff, and I used to read it with the uh, Daily Lobo. And Ryan Tamari is an excellent sports writer, so that's that's what I remember. You're the first person to tell me that, other than my mother. Oh, how sweet. I have mom tell you first. Well, right? I mean, she's my mother. Of course, she, she's my mom. She's always going to defend anything I do. My mother I also lies that. to me. Yeah. My mom says you're a bum because what you do, you don't make any money. My mother tells me Old I'm school I'm, Italian, right, Ryan? That's that's what I I, I, I am going to tell you this. My last name sounds Italian, and I am not Italian. <clears throat> I could tell you're not Italian by your face. <laughs> I could tell you're not lot. Italian by looking at you. Yeah. All right, check swing. Check swing heard around the world. The last strike of game five. Your baseball future hanging in the balance chance for immortalcy chance to move on to the national league championship series and eventually the world series to go down in history as a legend in your fandom in your city in the history of your organization and it ends on a check swing and it wasn't it was by far one of the worst calls at the worst moment in the history, not of baseball, probably of sports, it's up there for me. You cannot make that call at that moment. But that's a judgment call, though. I, I But it, it, it is a judgment call, and I know it's like a human element, human error call. Um, the thing with Major League Baseball is you can review certain calls, and you can't review other calls. This is a call that you can't review. Yeah. To me, it's a call that should be reviewed. It's it, I don't like, I don't have a dog in this fight. I really don't care for the Giants not saying I'm a Dodger fan because I'm not um, 
this if you're a baseball enthusiast or you love baseball and you watch baseball a lot, this Giants team was fun to watch. They came back a lot this year, and they played great chemistry, and uh, Gabe Kapler had them everywhere they needed to be to win those 109 games. But this is not a call that you lose a series on. It should have been a ball, and he should have gotten another pitch. You let the kids play, right? Yes. You don't end a baseball game on a check swing unless it's absolutely blatant. And it adds more to the rivalry and how many games they won. Absolutely. And you, Okay, you don't end a football game on a pass interference, no. right? You don't end the football game on a penalty. You let them play unless, again, it's blatant. If he grabs his face mask and drags him to the ground, if he horse collars him, if he pushes him out of the way, if you're battling for a ball – let the kids play on the last play of the game. Same thing with this last swing. Unless it's absolutely blatant and he 100% swung, don't end the game. Don't let the umpire end the game. You can it, see from video, though, that uh, he broke his wrist. And to me, that, that said a lot, though. Well, the bat didn't. His wrists were in the zone. The when bat broke. didn't cover. Didn't move the bat. The bat didn't go past the plane. And that's usually the standard, right? And it's not the rule. The rule in the book is very simple, but it's also very subjective to the views of the umpire. It's if you obviously offered at the pitch. So you don't have to you don't have to have the bat go forward, which is basically the replay standard. If the bat crosses your hands and goes forward past the plate, that's what people usually think a check swing is. But let's say you don't let the bat cross the plate and your hands move forward past your hips, and then you pull them back, that's also a check swing. So if you obviously offer at the pitch, that's a check swing. The standard isn't just the bat going back past the plate, but his hands never got in front of his body, and the bat never got over the plate. So to me, that was an obvious check swing. Even like the naked eye, the first time I saw it, I was like, check swing. And then first base ump pumps up that fist, ends the game on that call. Every I was watching the game by myself, and every now and then when I'm watching a sporting event by myself, I will make like a, whoa, hey, like a noise. And I did that Thursday night when he when the first base – when he put his hand up, I went, whoa, like yelling, yelling out loud because I and to piggyback off off what you were saying. I not that I've played in Major League Baseball, <laughs> not that I've made the big leagues, um, but, you know, my little league career and and the little baseball, you know, that I played and trying out in high school. I was always taught that if you broke your wrist, it was a strike. I did too. That's what I'd always thought. I liked I what you had just said. I Van. I'd never really heard, but yeah, the the bat. To me, he didn't. Wilmer Flores did not break his wrist. Yeah, the bat went pretty far down, like over the plate. But to me, it, you don't. You just don't. I know it's been the talk the last forty eight hours. You just do not make that call at that time, given all the circumstances revolving around what this game. Not only meant to Major League Baseball, but the Bay Area and SoCal. You don't end a game like that. Yeah, agreed completely. And maybe the umpire wasn't paying attention. 
Yeah, there's that. Maybe, literally, maybe he was thinking about something else. This happens. He was thinking about happy hour after the game. Sure. I mean, you don't let a 109-win team, like one of the best regular season teams in recent memory, two of both of them. have to leave. Yeah, with the wild card game, they were both 109-win teams. You don't let a team end their season in that manner. Because to me, baseball dork who watches a gross amount of baseball games, to me, blind eye immediately in the moment, easy check swing. Yeah, wasn't even close. One and then, play and then the highlights. One play doesn't highlight the whole series, though, in general. I thought it was a great series. It, it, was, was, it was. Yeah, It was no. wrong. It was a bad call. It was a bad call, and, and you don't want to end it like that. Yeah, and he should go back to doing Little League. And Wilmer Flores, the catcher who was batting at the moment, was under 200 for the year and under 100 for the playoffs, and he was batting against Max Scherzer, who's probably the best or second-best pitcher of our generation. So the odds are that he would have gotten out, but still, you don't end it like that. I, I give the Dodgers credit with uh, Canley Jan- Hanley Jansen. Uh, in the eighth, he got out Buster Posey. He, I mean, he got out the top of the order. Dontrell Moore. Lobo Legend will be joining us at 9.30. CJ Chavez from Evolve Strong Fitness will be joining us at 10.15. Cameron Illage-Welch, who is going to be the star of Rocky Horror Picture Show, will be joining us whenever the hell he wants to come in because he's the star. (laughs) We'll be back with more ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Hour one in the books was a good one. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central, live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. In studio, we have special guest Ryan Tamari filling in for Fred Slow. Fred Slow's up in Las Vegas calling the New Mexico Highlands football game today, and apparently he doesn't have any internet this morning. So Ryan Tamari came through in the clutch. As always, sound like a broken record. Good morning, Thanks Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Hey, good morning, Van. I appreciate you. We got Dontrell Moore, Lobo Legend, coming on at 9.30. I'm amped. CJ Chavez of Evolve Strong coming on at 10.15. And Cameron Illage-Welch, thespian extraordinaire, will come in whenever he so pleases. He's the star. He's a diva. Insanely talented person. Super excited to have him in studio. He'll come in whenever he wants. So he's just going to show up. It's going to be a surprise. We'll see. I wish I brought that kind of clout. Well, one day, maybe little practice, you'll be talented. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You're amazing already, Ryan. Oh, I appreciate that. Speaking of amazing, super producer Mike Vital behind the glass. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I know you're an Astros fan, but I hate all the teams that are in the final four of the Major League Baseball. What team to you is the least your least favorite? I mean, you got the Dodgers. Everyone's sick of them. The Astros because of their past scandals. The Red Sox and what? The Braves? They're so regional, nobody cares. There's more Braves fans than you think, but Vital, I love that. Well, hold on. <laughs> Vital doesn't even believe what's coming out of his mouth. He's just bitter about his, his hot, brewers. Hot yeah, take, that, Vital. That too. His brewers lost. <laughs> 
to a Braves team without their best pitcher and best hitter. Stupid small ball, and then their their ace reliever punches a wall for Milwaukee. I pick the I pick the Brewers too, Vital. So you're not alone in your disdain. And the rest of America. But MLB loves this, except for the Yankees being in there. You got three out of the four biggest franchises, three out of the four biggest fandoms, Braves, millions and millions of fans. They travel very well. Dodgers are probably the biggest besides the Yankees. Red Sox, which are probably the biggest besides Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals. Mention the Braves. And then the biggest villain in the history of sports, the Astros. This is a great Final Four. I don't know what you're talking about, you maniac. You jilted lover. I am. Um, no, if I had to pick a team here in the Final Four, I, I like what the Dodgers have done all year. They've had the right guys step up and make plays. And and pretty much Cody Bellinger lists. Yeah. yeah. Until when they needed him and the most. No yep. Mac, Max Muncy. Yep. Max Muncy might be back if they win this series. But having Cody Bellinger getting a timely hit and being as confident as he was, that's huge for the Dodgers. And the Braves, watch out. The Braves have pitching. The Braves have a bullpen. You think that the Braves would have been the wild card team if you just looked at the records. It's 106-88. to I mean, the NL yeah. East was just a dumpster fire being pushed down the end of the road towards the end of the season. It was it was horrendous to watch. Two-thirds of their season, they were under 500. It was almost 100 games that they were under 500. It's, to me, the NL East this year is like, who didn't want to win it? It's like everyone tried to not win baseball games. They had a very low runs per game average. People kept getting injured. They kept losing to each other. I mean, look at the Mets. Yes. As I as I bring in the homerism or being a homer. They I, one point through like June or July, they had the least the average least amount of runs per game and it was like 3. It was it was pathetic. Wow. Yeah. Every team in the league was pathetic. You want like, to meet the Mets? No. No, I don't. The Marlins came out hot at the beginning of the year and then they turned into the Marlins. And they have talent. Yeah, the Marlins are going to be good for a long time, so watch out. They said, Ryan, the best part of the Mets season was the couple of your players giving the finger to their fans. Oh, you mean the thumbs down? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very, uh, I mean, speaking from my roots being from New Jersey, but it's very Queens. Nah. The, fa- the Mets fans, and I mean, they're beloved, but it was funny to me that Javi Baez and, and Francisco Lindor were just thumbing them down. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> well, see, I don't hate them for that. I mean, we, we touched at that at great length on the show, but. I'm not as mad at that as most people are. Like, support your team. Yeah, that's how I felt. That's You're giving away home field advantage. Support your team. If they're struggling, help them get out of it. If you're just booing them every at-bat, what do you expect them to do? What do you expect them to think? If I would have been at City Field and they did that to me and I was low enough to see that, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, do that to all of us in Mets Nation or whatever, that seventh line RV, whatever they call it. They're, they're out in right field, whatever they call them. But, yeah, it I'm all on board with it. I think it's, even if I wasn't a Mets fan, it's outstanding player fan interaction. I'm into it. Uh, 
Yeah, it was like a race to the bottom in the NL East. Like, no one wanted to win the NL East, and the Braves survived. I'd rather see the Braves in Philly, so kudos to the Braves. Thank okay. You. Thank you very much, Freddie Freeman. But the Braves did survive, and the Braves did beat the Brewers, which I thought were a perfectly built National League playoff team. Three dominant starting pitchers, a great back end of the bullpen, until Devin Williams showed his idiocy and punched a wall, celebrating, broke his hand, drunk, celebrating the day that they clinched the division, not a day they took a bad loss, not a day his wife left him, not a day his dog died, the day they won the division, punched a wall and broke his hand. So I thought the Brewers were really put together well for a National League playoff run, but the diminished Braves did what they had to do and beat them, and now they made it to the NLCS to face the absolutely loaded Dodgers. This Even without Kershaw, even without Muncie, the Dodgers team is loaded on paper, and they Gavin look like Lux. a huge favorite. Gavin Lux, Bellinger's back. And, and the king for them right now is Mookie Betts. I mean, at one point, he was the only person who had a hit for them Thursday night. He was three for three. And other than that, that would have been a perfect game. But they're, they're, it's just next man up. You mentioned no Kershaw. Well, here's Max Scherzer. Yeah. Here's got Max Scherzer. They got Urias. They got uh, other really good, strong contributors. In, here's in the Walker starting. Bueller. Walker Bueller's a stud. I mean, short rest, throws 71 really good pitches, only gives up one run. Like, Walker Bueller's a stud. Get over it. I mean, if they had Kershaw and if Trevor Bauer wasn't a creep, you might be looking at the best rotation in the history of baseball. Yeah, it's up there. I forgot so, about Trevor Bauer. Dodgers are huge favorites, obviously, but the Braves can do enough. Like, once Acuna went down, the I mean, the the common thought in the baseball world is the team just can't do it without him. He's a superstar. He might be the best all-around player in baseball. I mean, you can make a lot of arguments. I mean, Trout is obviously A1, but he was hurt all year. You can make some arguments for Juan Soto. You can make some arguments for Fernando Tatis. But besides Trout, for my money, Ron Acuna Jr. is the best all-around player in baseball. And you've got to think, once he goes down, your team doesn't have a chance. And they lost Marcelo Zuna. They lost Marcelo Zuna. Uh, they lost, I'm going blank right now, um, the other st stud pitcher they have besides uh, Freed. Ian, I mean, Ian Anderson's not out. He played well. Ian, He's pitched very well. I'm going blank. Oh, come on, baseball brain. Anyways, the Braves can make some noise, and you know October baseball, anything can happen. Yes. Seven games, usually the cream rises. But you saw it with the, the Nationals in 19. You saw it with the Royals in 15. You've seen it all through the history of baseball. A team can come together and win close games and have clutch hits and have a couple bounces go their way. Maybe that's the Braves this year. Look at the Red Sox with the uh, phantom ground rule double in what game – Three. Yeah, exactly. We might not be talking about them exactly. right now. Exactly. If uh if that ball stays in play, maybe the Red Sox don't even make it that right. far.
So I'm excited. You know, loyal listener, you know Van is a baseball dork. I watch regular season baseball. I watch regular season baseball on a Tuesday. If the only game on is Tigers-Marlins, I will still watch baseball. So I'm super excited that four really good teams, four really good franchises are playing in October, playing meaningful baseball. More Dodgers-Braves preview when we come back. More ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central, live from the At Talk ABQ Studios. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong Fitness for Sober October. Check out EvolveStrong.com. That's E-V-O-L-V Strong.com. Join the boys on their fitness journey. We are sober. We are eating healthy. And we are exercising every day. Ah, you're cheating. I am exercising twice a day when I can. So I'm going to talk with that. Talk with CJ Chavez of Evolve Strong about that at 10.15. 9.30, we got Lobo legend Dontrell Moore. Going to interview this legend. Then also we got Cameron Illage Welch, star of the upcoming Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Lobo Theater coming in studio. It's a Fredless Saturday. Fred's stuck up in Las Vegas, New Mexico. He's going to call the New Mexico Highlands football game. And apparently, city of Las Vegas, New Mexico, does not have internet. So complain to your local provider that you don't have Fred on your airwaves today. It has horse and buggy, but no internet. But just as good, if not better. We have friend of the show, friend in real life, Ryan Tamari in studio. Yeah. Much appreciated as always. So bonus, bonus, you're welcome, Albuquerque. We're going to do one more segment, talking Dodgers Braves preview. Next segment, we got Dontrell Moore, and then it's all football. Yes. All football for the rest of the show. 505-246-0610. Got this Quan's Auto Care hotline, and then 505-246. Hey, it's the same number. Hit us up on the Sports Animal text line. We will answer your pressing questions. Give us your hot takes. Give us your grandma's favorite recipes. And I will make fun of your grandma because she can't cook. Game one, Max Freed versus Max Scherzer. We think. A lot of Maxes. Yeah. You can max out your credit card, too. Already been there, done that. Done. <laughs> done already. I think with Max Scherzer closing out game five of the division series, you think they'd be wise to do openers again? I don't know how many pitches he had really doing due diligence at my job here. I don't know how many pitches he had in that ninth inning on Thursday night. Not a lot. It wasn't a lot. Not a lot. Um, Less than a bullpen session. Yeah, as long as he's not recovering from his hangover, he's not having a two- or three-day hangover from drinking again Thursday night. I, I would go with them. I, I mean, he, he. I think this series is going to be a lot closer than probably people think. Um, but if you want to 
go for the jugular right away. I'd go th- Scherzer tonight and see what you can do. Maybe you and I were talking about it earlier. Maybe you go to the bullpen earlier because obviously it panned out well for the Dodgers Thursday night. Um, they've got studs. You can use Urias again. Um, but I, I think if you're if you are Dave Roberts and the Dodgers, you might want to end this one earlier. This series, we could see Houston-Boston go blow for blow and go six or seven games. This is a great opportunity for the Dodgers to perhaps win in four or five and get some rest. Now that could be, you know, a gift and a curse. We've seen it happen um, where a team gets hot and they get on a break and they have to play in the World Series after, after you know, a week off. Um, but this is, to me, I th- I personally think it's going to be a better series, but if the Do- for the Dodgers with their health, they probably want to try to end this early. Yeah, I agree. They got to steal a couple early. You have to steal one on the road if you don't have home field advantage. And especially a team like the Dodgers, who they got strangers in the outfield. Their whole outfield was not on the team at the All Star break. Yeah. The entire outfield Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Orlando Arcia. These are all midseason pickups. Yep. And Jock's, look at what Peterson did. Yeah. He he did game two, game three. I forget which yeah, one it was. The hero of the series. Yeah, the three run home run, and that was they were the only run score of the game. Yeah, you got one of the best players in baseball, Ron Acuna Jr. You have perennial all star all star Marcelo Zuna out. You got Heredia, who was a good fourth outfielder fill in guy. He's out. At the reigning MVP, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, I mean, he he can hold up a team, but you have to have a whole team in the playoffs. Uh one player does not a team make, i.e. Mike Trout in the Angels. Like Angels have had the best player in baseball for a decade. And, Look where it's gotten them. And now maybe the second best player in baseball. Shohei Otani. Yep. Yeah, if the Angels are going to be good in the future. They just, they're a couple pieces away. Obviously, they need pitching, but you want to see Trout and Otani in the playoffs. I right? would absolutely love it. I feel so bad for Mike Trout. Astros ain't going anywhere, so they got to win the wild card next year. <laughs> gotcha. But it- Look, the Braves can do damage. They got a good pitching staff, even without – okay, Mike Soroka. That's the guy I couldn't think of last segment. So he's a stud. Yep. He was pitching out of his mind before he got hurt. But still, Max Freed, Drew Smiley, Ian Anderson, and special place in my heart, Charlie Morton. Yep. Uncle Charlie. That's a good rotation. It is. And they're all battle-tested. Battle and young, youngster uh, Huskar Ianoa, he's very good, too. Whether he starts or he's long relief, he's a good pitcher. So they got the pitching to shut down a very powerful Dodgers lineup. And you saw the Dodgers-Giants series, except for Game 2 when the Dodgers exploded. It was all low scoring. Yep. It was all close games. And those are the kind of games... A, a rotation like the Braves can keep the lineup in check, and then the lineup can do some damage. And it's pretty insane. I'm going to backtrack for a second. These these Braves pitchers aren't like common household names, no. but they are good, solid, everyday starters, relievers. But it's insane that game one tonight is at Atlanta with – the giant excuse me the Dodgers winning 106 games the Braves won 88 I know there are people it's like the current you know what's hot right now 
what's trending. You know, you have a Dodgers team. That's the wild card. They're going to they're going to be many pundits calling to fix this to where maybe they wouldn't have had to play the Giants. But I feel like if they're going to try to fix it, this is like once every 10 years that this happens. I right. I, I think you're fine with the playoff format. I right. know a lot of people will disagree with me, but it, it is still crazy that you have game one of the National League Championship Series with a team that won eight, 18, 20 more games. 18, 18 more games. I'm terrible at math. Yeah, won 18 more games in the regular season. And that's that's a huge disparity. It's not like five, six, seven more games that the wild card wins. That happens pretty often. Right. They win five or six just more games. That happens almost every year. Yeah. But 18 games, that's a huge disparity. Um, I don't know about baseball. I think baseball has an intrinsic value to win your division. You have to beat the teams in your division. Yes. You have to beat the teams that are in your part of the country. That's just how baseball is. The season is too long to put any other weight any other way. You can't have teams flying across the country every week. You have to stay in your area to play this amount of games. So I understand why people could be upset that the Dodgers have to play I mean, have to be on the road, and they won so many more games. But you got to win your division. Yeah, they didn't win their division, so they get put in the wild card. So I mean, MLB playoffs are set up exactly this way: win your division. If you don't win your division, you got to win the wild card game and then go on the road. And I'm not mad at that. If you want to shuffle it up and do rankings based on wins and losses, I think that works in the NBA. Yeah, I think that works in hockey. I think that I kind of like the way the NFL is already, but it doesn't work in baseball. In a weird way, though, this plays to the Dodgers' advantage by having two games on the road to start. You could be up 2-0 or the series is tied 1-1, and you go back to Chavez Ravine and you have the three games and they could close it out in four or five. I, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that happening a million, million times over. So I'm I'm a fan of two two one one one. Yeah, I like that. The championship series and the World Series. I like two two one one one. Uh two three two. A team like you just said, a team like the Dodgers will have an advantage because if they steal one or win both, then you have an overwhelming home field advantage by having three in a row in the middle. That that just plays there. That's going to be a super interesting series though i i mean watch out for the braves the dodgers are the obvious favorites the dodgers are loaded even with their injuries the dodgers are big favorites uh we're going to go to break so we have a full segment with lobo legend Dontrell moore being inducted into the ring of honor today we're going to talk ring of honor and we're going to talk lobo football Dontrell moore when we get back you're listening to abq central on 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports animal What it is, Duke City, you are back with Dave and Busters Presents ABQ Central live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we are getting strong with Evolve Strong Fitness. It's a Fredless Saturday. I sent Fred out on assignment in northern New Mexico. It's just a clever ruse to get all alone with the great 
Ryan Tamari. Oh, that's too much. Excellent having you here, Ryan Tamari. Oh, always appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Well, you think it's good having you here. Oh, yeah, I'm amped. It's good having Lobo Legend, owner of 16 school records. Most of them will not be challenged. The D train himself. Choo choo, baby. What it is, D? <laughs> How's it going, my man? How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. You know, it's kind of surreal listening to you kind of rattle off some of that stuff. And the reality is, you know, I think, you know, the media relations people just pulled out that number 16. I think it's upwards of like 30. (laughs) See, (laughs) this is why we love interviewing you, man. You bring that heat immediately. I'm sorry. (laughs) Owner of 30 plus records in Lobo lore. Dontrell Moore, excuse me. Could you ever find it in your heart to forgive me? Dontrell, you are hours away of being enshrined into Lobo history. Are you nervous? Are you ready? You got your suit pressed. What's going on, man? How you feeling this morning? I feel great, to be honest. About to have some breakfast here in a little bit. Um, um, you know, breakfast, breakfast of champions. Um, got my outfit picked out. You know, it was, uh, you know, it was between, you know, I just couldn't decide the color and, you know, but I think I, I slept on it and I woke up and that's what I felt. And so I got that ready, prepared. Um, I'm excited and a little nervous. I think the nerves are because it's kind of been like a long time coming in my mind. I'm like, is it happening? You know, am I, am I going to wake up and like, ah, oh, psych, it's not really happening till next year, you know, you know <laughs> or something like that. But I'm pumped. I really am. This is, this is, it's go time. Um, I got over a hundred, you know, family, close family and friends who have made the, the trip, you know, from various parts of the country, Florida, California, Texas, Roswell, the whole crew, everybody's here. So it's, it's go time and it's show time. And, you know, to be able to share this with all my family and friends and obviously Lobo Nation uh, means the world to me. Okay, a hundred. A hundred family and friends. That's impressive, man. You got yeah, – we talking we talk yaffle coaches and high school coaches and old teammates and everybody along the way? Yeah, that's, that's literally that. I mean, and then the hundred is confirmed, like, in the city already checked in. It's not like – yeah, it's um, it's uh, pretty pretty crazy. Um, the outpour and the you know just the the love and adoration that I received once it was announced was even even shocking and humbling to myself. I just I'm just, just I've had a lot of people love me over the years and support me and and you know I don't I don't get up there without those people and I know that and you know my teammates, my, some of my offensive linemen, you know uh, even defenders that played with me, you know just all over uh, high school coaches. You know, yeah, for coaches, yeah. Um, just, you know, just awesome stuff. It really is. If you kind of think about, you know, what you were able to accomplish and then what it means to other people, that's the crazy part. When when something you've done means just as much to other people as it as it did, does and do, did and does to you, that's incredible to me. I think that's something that I that's kind of difficult to fathom. And that's what it's hard to quantify that for me. It's like, man, they, they cared about what you did more than you did. They're they're here to support you, you know, and it's it's so it's cool. It's really a blessing, man. It really is. Uh Dontrell Ryan Tamori here. Uh, I know you don't know who I am. I actually covered the, the UNM football program in the later part of the two thousands. Um so I was there for a couple years and it was fun. I I saw the downfall of Lobo football, which was a little little hard to take. But 
speaking on behalf of my fellow UNM alumni, uh, we love you. Just said that we loved you. Uh, I was uh, in high school during the early part of the two thousands, and we were at every. Me and my friends were at every Lobo game. So on, <laughs> on behalf of me and my friends, those hard nosed Lobo teams, and and you and you, were, I thought you were one of the best running backs in the country. So congratulations. Um, but I wanted to just bring up a question because there's a game that has always stood out in my mind is 2003 at Utah. Uh, that was the height of, you know, the, the Urban Meyer, Alex Smith years. Um, you guys mm-hmm. went in there and kind of beat them up and you got out of there with a win with them being um, 24th in the country, 23rd, or 24th in the country, 23, mm-hmm. 23. Okay. I make sure I got to get that right. Um, <laughs> what is, what is, I mean, you had an, an outstanding career, but, that game, what what does that mean to you during your tenure, especially being with, with Coach Long and yeah. that foundation of those years as UNM football? I mean, you, you, bring, you bring up one of the top five games for us uh, um, that I can remember in that era of football. Uh, they were 23rd in the country. We go in there, and we have three running backs for us for over 100 yards dominated we, we we dominated and it wasn't even wasn't even close I think we ended up winning by like 20 and that and the score was not indicative of the game we dominated them so that was kind of Lobo football right like we had those games where we uh, didn't quite play as well as we wanted to but we were in every game and then we beat teams that thought we weren't going to beat you go to 2005 we beat Missouri at Missouri you know and so but yeah that era of Lobo football was just awesome um that game was just kind of what we did we dominated them on defense we held them to you know a low number of points, and then we dominated the line of scrimmage. It was unbelievable. So that, to me, is what I – when I think back to, like, a Lobo era, it's those kind of games. It's the Colorado State game on ESPN where I had 242 yards, and we beat them, and they were, I think, 19th in the country or whatever. Um, and it, just those kind of games, right, 40,000 people in the stands and just a lot, a lot of amazingness going on. So for me, I'll say to you, I appreciate that. All the love is, is partly – why this is still so surreal because all the love, like still right now, I felt it in your voice, right? When you were talking, you were still getting excited. Like you're about to come watch me run, run, run scores today. Right. And so I still feel that I still feel that love around the state. And I, it's awesome because people remember just how awesome it was to be a part of something great. Now we didn't win 10, 11 games. We felt like we could have, and we look back, but the reality is we played hard. We loved our community. Our community loved us and it was something enjoyable to watch. So, you know, now fast forward, here we are 15, 20 years later, um, and to be enshrined and to be basically it's the culmination of all those games that you and your friends went and watched is now what's kind of going on. And now they're, they're thanking us and thanking that, that era of Lobo football. So it's just awesome. I, I no, we, we love the Smash Mouth football you played, and it felt like any time it almost turned into the pit on the football field, like nobody wanted to come here and play you guys. That's, that's how I felt, and I'm sorry for that comparison. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure you've heard this all week. I'm just asking on a personal level, what does Rocky Long mean to you, and are you happy to have him back as defensive coordinator here at UNM? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, obviously, Coach Long recruited me, right, sat on the couch, and I tell people about those blue eyes all the time. It's just I felt his realness and his intensity just as a, as a, as a person, right? And then it turned over, and you saw his passion as a coach and what he cared about and his vision. Right, what he did at San Diego State, he went there with the same vision and turned them into what they what what we see them as now. And the year before I got to UNM, they were three and seven or two and I think two and nine or something. Three and seven, I believe, is what it was. 
Um, and then we win seven games up next year and go to a bowl game and lose to UCLA by three points, right? So it was just his vision. And so it means, it means a lot that he's back, um, um, back at New Mexico with Coach Gonzalez, who was a part of that, that era with me. It was just an amazing time for local football. So now that's what makes this even much more special, right? Like the guys who were part of, of that era with me, now they're back at the helm when I'm going to be honored, which is in fact why we're doing it not at halftime because both of them wanted to be on the field um, when I when it's unveiled and when I get to address the crowd. So it, it does mean the world to me. Um, you know, 2001 was a long time ago, and you know that's when he was recruiting me and they wanted me to come here, and I had offers all over the country. Um, and decided to stay close to home. And so um, Coach Gonzalez talked about it earlier in the week that, you know, I was the highest and still am the highest-rated recruit to come to New Mexico. And that, 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 that's awesome for me, right? For me, my mom was able to come to every single game. She never missed a home game in four years. And that was important to me. So, uh, you know, yeah, today is, today is a special day for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I could go on and on and on about what, what makes it special. Uh, but the reality is the hard work that was put in all those years ago is not going to be forever thanked and forever enshrined in Lobo lore. If you're just joining us, Albuquerque, we have Lobo legend Dontrell Moore online with us, going to be enshrined into the ring of honor today. Um, let's, can we pivot towards the game today, you know, as well as being an alum, as well as being a Lobo legend, as well as from what I've heard, you own 60-something records. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, how that number is just going to keep rising. You're you're also sitting right next to uh, one of my favorites, one of the best voices in the biz, Rob Portnoy, and you're oh, calling my guy. You're calling yeah. you're calling games with him. Uh, what what do you see happening on the field today, and what do the Lobos have to do yeah. to come out with the dub? Yeah, it's easy. It's easy and simple for me. The the Lobos have to put up at least 21 points on offense, whether it's C.J. Montez, whether it's Trey Hall in and out of there, whether it's Isaiah Chow, whoever it is, if it's Terry trying to give it a go, the Lobos have to be explosive on offense. And, I'm, and I shouldn't say unfortunately, the reality is it starts with the guys up front, whoever it is, whoever it is that whether it's, you know, Stapley and the company, whoever's coming in and out off of injury, those, the offensive line who have always been my favorite men, clearly have to be able to show up and show out today. Um, Colorado State isn't Colorado State that we've grown and known over the last 10, year, 10 years where the, the Lobos are 0-10 in the last 10 years versus Colorado State. They're not that, but they're a pretty good football team. Um, lost to Iowa, right? Close game in Iowa number two. They, they, they battled in that game. They're a penalty or two away from maybe even making that closer. So it's going to be – it's a good football. But the Lobos have to, again, get 21 points on offense. Have to. That's a minimum. And then on defense, they cannot give up the big plays over the top, and they have to force two turnovers. And for me, I think they have to score off of one of those turnovers for it to, for it to be the game that the Lobo fans want. Um, um, and we'll see what happens. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know this. You probably do. You guys are freaking professional men and get it done at a high level, I might add. Um, Thanks, but sir. Colorado State is the team that I averaged my highest career, 184.5 yards per game against Colorado State. So it's fitting that I'm being enshrined on the day that the Lobos play Colorado State. So it's just good juju, good vibes being sent to Coach Gons and company, and uh, we'll see what happens today. Do you have one more game of eligibility? Can you suit it up one more time today? How many, car how many carries you got in you today? Yes, great question. I, so here's what's funny. I've always thought that I had 12 carries for about 110 yards, right? I, I, I'd still, at my age now, 12 carries for 110 yards and touchdown or two. So 
it's funny because we're on we're on the field at College Station, and uh, Coach Long, I walk up to Coach Long, and he said, dang, wow, Gus Dontrell looks like he can still play. You know, and I appreciate that. That's a great compliment. And Coach Gonzalez walks up, yeah, for sure. And then I, he goes, but are you sure? I said, I can still play, man. Coach, I can give you a half. I can give you a half right now. <laughs> the, defensive, the defensive lineman walks by from College Station, the, you know, probably the first-round guy, I can't remember his name. He walks by, and I say, no, I could probably give you a quarter or so, maybe a half a quarter. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm a realist. Stuff. It's all good. I look, I, I feel like I can still play, but we watch those 19-year-old kids walk by six, six, five and a half, two eighty-seven. You know, twelve pack. You're like, uh, they just keep getting bigger and faster. I bet. <laughs> it's just younger, just youth, man. They, you can just see the youthful exuberance. And again, I don't have that. I just, I look like it. I don't have that because I'm not young anymore. But the reality is, yes, I can still get out there and give you 12 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Let's see where it is. Real quick, um, Terry Wilson looks like he is out, but it's still a game time decision. If he's yeah. out, what are you seeing from CJ Montez? So, yeah, it is a GTD for him. Um, he, if he does play, the doctors are basically saying that he's not going to to hurt it worse, but it's up to him, and I I think he'll probably be out. But CJ is comfortable. He has the moxie. He has he has the ability. He can make the throws. Just the experience, right? He's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. He commands the huddle, which is awesome. He is the future. So that's what I see. I mean, at the end of the day, all of quarterbacks playing at the D1 level can make the throws, but can you command the huddle? Can you Do you have the moxie to go in there and change the play and get into the right play? And the answer to that is yes. He is he is young, but he, he has the ability to play at a high level, and he can command the offense, and they trust him. So they'll be fine if he's at the helm. Dontrell Moore, Lobo legend, getting enshrined into the ring of honor today. Any final words before we let you go, Dontrell? No, just thank you. Thank you to Lobo Nation for supporting me all these years and, and, and loving me and allowing me to be their son coming up from Roswell, New Mexico. So get out there today, support the Lobos, and uh, see something really cool at the end of the first quarter. Congratulations again, Dontrell. Appreciate you being on. Let's do this again. Yes, call me anytime. You guys be safe. Have a great day. All right. Have a great day, man. Appreciate you. We'll be back with more ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Big shout-out to Dontrell Moore for joining us. Great guy, great interview, being enshrined into the ring of honor today. And it's been too long. That he, was, he deserved that a long time ago. That was kind of my thought. I was like, this is probably well overdue. Who did who did he piss off? That's good. <laughs> Mike Loxley, I don't know. Who did he piss off? Because it should have happened a long time ago. Paul Krebs. Welcome back to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. So speaking of Dontrell, you were in school when he was in school, right? I was a uh, I was in high school at, oh boy, here it comes again, St. Pius the 10th High School. Um, and then uh, was at UNM. Our freshman year was 2005. I, I mean, I we three or four of my buddies, we lived at the football stadium during those years. We lived, eat, and breathe Lobo football. And as I mentioned to Dontrell on air, he, you did not want to play UNM. It, it turned into the pit east, if I've got my directions correct. Yeah, the <laughs> sure. football, yeah, whatever. You know, I've only lived here 30 years. Um, they were hard to beat. You 
you didn't want to play them. They went on Missouri and beat them on the road. Uh, 2003 or 2004, they beat Texas Tech here at home under Mike Leach. Um, and I brought up the, the Utah game in Salt Lake City. It was Urban Meyer, Alex Smith. And they went in there and punched it. You know, it's the Mike Tyson thing. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And I'm sure Utah had a plan <laughs> that night, and they got punched in the mouth. Um, it, it was unusual to hear that a Lobo team would go, football team would go on the road and beat somebody. And they went in there and beat the 23rd ranked Utes by 12. Uh, it was an awesome game. I remember watching it on TV. And yeah, he was right. I think the, the other running back was Adrian Boyd, D.D. Cox, and then you had Dontrell. And they completely own them and it was so awesome to see because it was a sold out game at Rice Eccles Stadium and you know it's been 20 years and it, I I love Dontrell and I am so glad that he is up there with the likes of, of Erlacher and Don Perkins and this is fantastic. He deserves it and the last time we had him on the show we said he needs to get a banner up as well. Yes. Not only be in the Hall of Honor with all the other sports but he's up in the Ring of Honor starting today with the football legends of Lobo lore. But we got to get that banner back up. Yes. We actually started a change.org position <laughs> to get the banner up again. We started two different positions, uh, uh, petitions. One is that the banner was stolen. So we had one in the crime uh, version, the, the crime area of change.org. And then we had one that he was unjustly stripped of his banner and it's in the social uh, injustice. I don't think either are going to pass. <laughs> I don't think they meet community standards, but we're trying real hard to get Don Trump. I was unaware of this. This is such up my alley. I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll uh, we'll put more thought into that next week. Make sure he gets his banner back up. Uh, we're going to be back after the break with a thespian extraordinaire, Cameron Illage-Welch, who is starring... And Rocky Horror Picture Show, amongst other things, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show is going to be at the newly renovated Lobo Theater Saturday, October 30th. So make sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the next segment. Back with Cameron Illage-Welch and Rocky Horror Picture Show Talk. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FN and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. Two hours in the books. One hour to go, and boy, do we have a special treat for you. Not only did we have Lobo legend Don Trellmore, not only did we have special guest host Ryan Tamari, not only do we have the always fantastic super producer Mike Vital behind the glass, we have thespian extraordinaire, star of the At Talk ABQ Productions Rocky Horror Picture Show, Cameron Illage-Welch. Good morning. How are you? Peachy, how are you? I am great. I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm here. You had a little fun last night. Had a little bit of fun. It was a great show last night at the Albuquerque Social Club. It was really, really fun. Got to debut a new look. It was really, really cool. And when you say new look... What are you talking about? So I am actually a female celebrity impersonator. So I do Bette Midler, Joan Rivers, Joan Crawford, Cher, all of these wonderful women. And last night I got to debut the queen of Halloween, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. That's exciting. I mean, it is so almost Halloween. It is. So is Elvira going to make a bunch of appearances 
up until Halloween. It's quite possible you could possibly see her Sunday at the after Halloween party at the Albuquerque Social Club if you're looking hard enough. It's quite possible. Do How you, exciting. Do you sing like Cher? I do not sing like Cher. I do not live sing any of my divas because, you know, I'm a dude. Um, but, you know, it's it's a good lip sync, I'll tell you that. This might be the worst joke of all time, but I guess you don't believe in love. I uh, uh, No, only life after. Oh, only I, life after. Touche. Well see? played, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Very nice. I set myself up for that. You sure did. Your Reba goes very hard too. Thank you so fan. much. Your 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 Reba kills. <laughs> it's uh, she's my favorite. She's my fave. So if you don't know already, and we haven't beat you in the head with it, at Talk ABQ is the production side of ABQ Central, and we host community events. We do charity drives. We'll host anything you pay us to, and we also do events in the community. And our next event is a fully full-casted, live-action Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Lobo Theater, the newly renovated Lobo Theater. Dude, We're going to be so excited. the <laughs> first movie and theater experience at the newly renovated Lobo Theater. We are also, if you look at the calendar, we are also the very first event that is happening on the day of Halloween because our show starts at 12.01. That is correct. So we are the first Halloween event on Halloween Day. I'm so excited. Saturday... October 30th, starting in the early evening. Absolutely. We are so whimsical and lackadaisical <laughs> and just freewheeling here. We haven't even picked a start time. Oh. But we're just saying, show up. I love that. So what it's going to be is Rocky Horror Picture Show is the big treat. And the Rocky Horror Picture Show, as is tradition, starts at 12.01 on Halloween morning. So the second the clock strikes one... On Halloween, we start the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So Saturday, October 30th, Halloween Eve, come hang out with us at the Lobo Theater, completely renovated. The Lobo Theater is gorgeous. They have like a a vintage Hollywood theme, crush velvet couches, big mirrors. It's absolutely beautiful in there and just going to keep getting better. But early evening, we're showing... Night of the Living Dead. One of my absolute favorite horror movies. So we're going to have zombies walking around in costume, the drooling best. on you, trying to chew on your neck. And then we're going to have a break in the middle where we have a uh, boudoir burlesque show. And then we're going to have the Rocky Horror pre-show around 11. And then right at midnight, 12.01, the screen comes down and we watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Cameron, can you tell us a little bit about the interactive part of having a live cast and a movie at the same time? It's very interesting because um, you never know actually who to watch. Do you watch the movie you've seen 550 times or do you watch the actors that are on stage in front of the movie that you've seen 550 times? Myself, I'm always watching the actors because I like to see the different ways that they do things. Of course, you can't beat Curry in a uh, corset. You just can't. But there have been quite a few shadow cast Franks that uh, have really, really made me second guess that opinion so um it's really really neat and i think it's a cool way for the audience to be involved in something that is such a cult classic it was a failure at first when the movie first came out i think it tanked in the box office until until all of a sudden it got this revival in the 90s from a theater in new york showing it at midnight and people just showing up and screaming at the screen so not only on stage are we dealing with pretending to be the people on screen we've got people yelling at us different things that are sometimes a little vulgar and you're trying to keep up with all of that so it is 
a huge bear that is so much fun to take on. And it has been such a great joy to work with uh, this cast, you guys as the producers of this show and, and our directors, Mark and Chris, big shout out to them. They are pros at this. Um, so it has been a huge labor of love. RHPS, Rocky Horror Picture Show, RHPSABQ.com. That will take you straight to tickets. It's $30, okay, which is a steal. You get a double feature of two classic cult movies. You get a boudoir show. You got a brand new theater. Still got that new theater smell. How do you get it's better be, than that? You I know. know. It's hard to beat. You got the camaraderie of friends. You got fellowship. We might have some drag performers walking around Ooh. doing some entertainment. And it goes to a great cause. Are you familiar with the UNM Truman Health Service? I am incredibly familiar. Being a member of this community, you cannot not be familiar with places like Truman, SANE, and the LGBTQ resource centers all over the place. So the fact that we are raising money for them was a whole nother reason that I did this. So percentages of proceeds go to a great cause, UNM Truman Health Services Center. It's going to be a great time. So show up early evening. You can wear your Halloween costume. You could dress up for Rocky Horror Picture Show. Please, all the big Rocky Horror Picture Show fans out there, and hey, anybody who just likes a good time, because we're going to have fun. And each ticket comes with a prop bag, oh. because you get to interact with the crowd, you interact with the movie, and you interact with the performers. Can you speak on the, the prop bag and how that works? Well, so generally, your prop bag is going to come with random things like water guns and rice and toast and toilet paper and all kinds of stuff like that, because at different points in the movie, you are supposed to throw those things on top of yourself and the other audience members, as well as the cast that is on stage. So, um, it, again, that is another part of that interactive portion of this. It is such a family moment, uh, family as in the theater being a family, not family friendly, <laughs> but um, it is a, a family moment where everybody just has an amazing time. And it's one of those extra things that gets added to it that just makes it that much more special. So um, I am going to be honest with you here. I like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm entertained by the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't love the Rocky Horror Picture Show like some cult fans are. I'm a big Lebowski dork. Got that's, it. <laughs> that's my niche cult thing. I'm a dudist priest. I dress up like the dude. I go to parties. I've done weddings as the dude. So I get like that cult fandom. What is it about Rocky Horror that attracts people to it like they do? It's funny that you say that. My husband said the exact same thing uh, when I told him I had gotten cast. He was like, oh, well, I hate that show. And I was like, oh, thanks, but you're going to love it because I'm in it, right? And he was like, I don't know if I'm going. Oh, but out. He's coming. Wow. I, I kind of forced my hand there. And his friends and his family. <laughs> correct, and correct, everyone that we know. Um, but it's, it's an interesting thing, um, this show, because like I said, it was a flop at the beginning, but it has just taken on a life of its own. I think the reason that people love it is because it's, it's the stars that we know. It's Tim Curry. It's Susan Sarandon. And most of the time they're running around in their underwear, so it doesn't get much better than that, sure. right? A young meatloaf. Exactly. Young meatloaf. Yeah. I mean, when he busts through that ice on that motorcycle, there is nothing more thrilling than watching him ride around that big circle like that. Totally. It's crazy. Um, so I think it just it's just taken on a life of its own that kind of is unexplainable, and people just love it because they love it.
It's the same reason people love drag queens. They never know why they hand us a dollar. They just hand us a dollar. <laughs> so uh, it's the same thing with Rocky Horror. And, and it's really cool that this is going to be in such a historic place after its big renovation. So you're, you're no rookie to Rocky Horror. <laughs> I am not you a just, Rocky rookie. You just, you just didn't stumble into this. You've been doing this for years. I've been doing this for probably, uh, this has been a part of my life for probably about 10 years now. I've played uh, almost every male except for Dr. Scott and Eddie. Um, I believe, and I have no interest in those roles because they're not on stage very long. So. <laughs> I am a, uh, I'm on the show because I'm a big sports nerd, but I, and I have no background in film, but I have become a connoisseur and I was a little bit, I shouldn't say connoisseur, but uh, I am a massive B-movie fan. Um, if you've ever heard of like Miami Connection. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. sure. The, the Seinfeld movie about... Uh... That one's not Seinfeld. Oh, not the B-movie. No, not... B-movie. No, not the B-movie. Sorry. Not, not and, uh, um God, what's Larry something? I can't think of his last name. Um, so I, I get in piggybacking off of... I said that word a lot today, but piggybacking off of uh, Van here. Uh, I, I, have, I have not seen the Rocky Heart Picture Show in forever, but um, I get the cult status. But because it's Tim Curry... I'm just throwing this out there. It's an open-ended question, I guess. Uh, he has two roles that uh, that I love, and one is from Congo, where he's got the terrible Romanian voice. And Correct. His, his name is like Herkimer <laughs> Homolka, and he's like, I'm from – it's terrible. Um, and I know him from, um, obviously, uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. But I guess if you had to choose, <laughs> if you had to choose like your favorite Tim Curry role, because I love him. And it's so sad that his health has declined. But if you had to pick, I think there's three for me. Um, one is, of course, Frank, because he what he just became that character and he changed the way that we looked at masculinity and femininity in that time period. Um, my second one is very it's very like. I don't know the word for it, but it was from a TV movie special called The Worst Witch. He played the high wizard of this coven on ABC Family, and it's this okay. weird little movie. Um, it's only on YouTube, and it's poor quality. I will, I will look it up. You should. Um, and he's only in for like 20 minutes at the end, though, so just skip through because um, sure. the rest of it's crap. But um, also, I loved him as, uh, in Clue. I thought he was amazing as the butler in Clue, that yeah, last right. monologue that he does where he's running through the house, getting hit in the head by candlesticks and falling out of doors it just shows you how committed he is to any role he plays i completely forgot about the tv miniseries it with he's pennywise 100 uh, percent. and he's also i'm starting to show my age he is the villain in the three musketeers with Kiefer sutherland he <laughs> is he and, uh, is yep. he's great in that he and sure is is the devil in tom cruise's right. oh man legend those horns that come on nightmares when dude I was that just went but my favorite is that you can still see his face through all of that so speaking of Tim Curry um, and, you know, the, the role he portrayed, you know, real, we're up against a break real quick. Um, can you talk about Tim Curry, the role he played and the role that Rocky Horror played in the culture, in the community? So it's interesting because it was like Rocky Horror was this thing that everybody was able to dress up and do what they wanted to do and kind of be who they wanted to be. So it is a huge thing in the LGBT community. Uh, LGBTQIA+, excuse me, community, that um, it's just, it's like home for us. We, we can go and we can dress up and we can be Frank or we can be Magenta. It doesn't matter your gender or anything like that. 
And it's it's such a safe space for us. So Tim Curry really kind of paved the way for people to show you can be a heterosexual actor who is playing this kind of role, but it doesn't put you into a box. So I think with the LGBTQIA plus community, they kind of look at it. We look at it and we say, wow, you know, it's it's OK for me to go to a club dressed as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, even though I'm seven foot tall and probably weigh a lot more than I should. Um, but it's it's just that comfort of being able to be yourself, I think, is what he did for us. Don't miss Cameron Illidge-Welch in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Saturday, October 30th, at the newly renovated Robo the- uh, Lobo Theater. Not a Robo Theater. Not a Robo. It's we have Lobo some Robos theater. on stage, though. There yeah, are some there, robots on stage yeah, here. Yeah, there, there will be robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you check out Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Lobo Theater. Saturday, October 30th, R-H-P-S-A-B-Q.com for tickets. We're going to be back with CJ Chavez from Evolve Strong Fitness, talking about your fitness journey, my fitness journey, Ryan's fitness journey, and now Cameron's fitness journey. All I'm doing for fitness is trying to fit this pizza in my mouth. Uh, Hey, hey, there you go. Back with more ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central, live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. CJ Chavez from Evolve Strong will join us in just a second. We're getting him on the phone line now. Sorry for the inconvenience. We still have Cameron Illidge-Welch with us, talking theater, and we still have special guest host, Ryan Tamari with us, and of course, across the glass, we got super producer Mike Vital. So you you said a funny thing when he walked in. You had no idea what to expect. You've been on the stage, you've been on TV, you've done all the stuff, but you've never been in radio. Never. And you're like, is this how it really works? You well, know? I think my <laughs> phrasing was just two dudes in a room and a guy behind the glass, right? I liked your comparison to Well, Frasier. and that's and then it was like it's compared to Frasier, except for you're just missing the angry lesbian behind the glass, right? Yes, exactly. That's that. the thing. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. We got you a new nickname, Vital. <laughs> you have to take a vote on that one. No, I'm all for it, too. I would like to cast my vote for yes, so I think you're outnumbered. <laughs> On the phone line, we have friend in real life, friend of the show, owner, operator of Evolve Strong Fitness, one of the best dudes I know, CJ Chavez. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, sir. How are you? Peachy. How you be, brother? Life is okay, man. Life is great. So me and Fred did another week at Evolve Strong. I did two a days, Monday through Thursday. I am, by my estimate... Down three pounds, up five pounds of muscle. So I think I'm doing pretty good. The diet has been good. Uh, I only had a one session on Friday. It was at our sister gym, the YMCA, the Horn Branch YMCA, Central New Mexico. Are my numbers okay, CJ? Can I be happy with what I'm doing here? You know, we we, we get so focused on one measurement which a lot of times is the scale but what i what i see and you know we we try to do the trifecta here mind body and spirit if you have good consistency you get the blood flow going again you start getting your body alive 
you know, that confidence begins to build, that spin wheel begins to move forward. And, you know, you just start feeling better. And especially as a male, more confident, right? So those numbers are great. I mean, and, and to compare you to somebody else is going to be completely different based on age, based on race, based on all kinds of different stuff. But if you feel good, you start feeling, you know, more proud, your chest is a little higher, you actually feel more alive again, less stress. That is that should be the judge of, of how you're doing. CJ, I mean, you hinted on it that, you know, everybody's fitness journey is going to be different. And that's what I've been telling people who've been asking me questions about my fitness journey this month and what I've been doing to try to better myself is just take that first step. Just show up. Like, we know it's going to be hard. That first step is always hard. What would you tell uh, the listener out there who's like just they want to go but they're not confident, they don't think they can show up? What do you, what, how do you motivate them to take that first step? You know, it's funny. You can volunteer your time currently to take care of your health now, or you're going to be forced to dedicate time to take care of your health in the future. You know, I buried my dad about a year and a half ago, and I, I had the distinct honor to care for him for about three to six months before he passed. And during that time, during that time, I uh, had uh, a wonderful experience with him, but he did not take care of his health, and he died basically of congestive heart failure. And so the, the problem that we, we – it, what I saw is that toward the tail end, if he would have taken better care of himself, his quality of life at that end at that end point would have been much greater. And he probably could have, you know, survived another three to five years. So, you know, I don't do, just do this just because I want to look good and stuff, but I've seen it. I experience it. And so, you know, if you have a good driving – force and purpose behind yourself, that'll be the reason why you're going to have to get up. Now, that's not a scare tactic. That's not anything. But like I said from the beginning, if you dedicate time now um, and it's voluntarily, then later on you won't have to be committed to do it. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And, and another thing you can, you can compare that to is nutrition. If you think food is expensive now, wait till you're paying hospital bills later. Can, can you talk about nutrition, how important that is in a healthy lifestyle? Sure. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some pointers first off, you know, of what not to do. Don't go on these fad diets. You know, what are the first three letters of diet spell? Die, right? D-I-E. Um, don't ever do that because the pendulum effect, the swing back, when, once you get off of bread on an Atkins and you start eating bread again, you're going to balloon right back up. Once you start getting off the South Beach or you do this, this, these fad things, what I, what I say, guys, eat the cupcake, eat the pizza, especially have a hot date on a Friday night and you're sitting there and, you know, and you have to say, oh, I'm on a diet. You know, hell with that. Earn your food earn your food. It's when we actually eat hot Cheetos and drink beer every single day that, you know, that gets us in the, and without movement, right? But, you know, pizza post-running or post-workout is a great recovery food. And at the end of the day, if, if, you, need, if, you, if you need a Snickers bar because your sugar levels are low, eat the, eat the Snickers bar, but have a reason to do it. One of the biggest tips that I give my, my guys here, we, you know, we have five principles here at Evolve, and the second one is, is nutrition. But what we do here with nutrition is we hold ourselves accountable. So it's very similar to our bank account, right? We need to know what's coming in to be able to burn out. So what I would suggest immediately, use one of the free fitness apps out there called my, my – we use MyFitnessPal. There's all kinds of different stuff. 
just start logging your diet, kind of see where you're at, and then, you know, put a maximum caloric load on there and then just reduce it by 100 calories every day until you start losing your weight. I mean, it could be very, very simple, but don't go on these crazy diets of, you know, uh, you know, you, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, and don't do this and don't do that. You become very unhealthy with food. So, you know, people pay me thousands of dollars to learn that one tip. So you, your, your listeners are getting a lot of, a lot of good <laughs> value today, sir. That's awesome. So a thing that I like is eat your colors. And I've been veggie for a long time, so it's very easy for me. What are some, like, entry-level tips for, for basic nutrition you would have for somebody, like basic meals, basic ideas of what a meal should look like? You know, when you look at your plate, you know, you look at it kind of like a circle, right? And we use, uh, at a good baseline, now everybody's different again, so uh, these are just kind of generic ideas. But about 40% of your plate should be a good healthy protein. So if you're looking at your plate, 40% of that, which is kind of like a palm full of chicken, maybe just some lentils and some rice, right? And then another 40% should be what we call um, um, good good veggies, good carbohydrates. So, like, if you can pick it off of a tree or a bush or anything and eat it right away, those are what we call low glycemic vegetables. Um, and so if you have about another 40% there, and 20%, you could have some starch on there. You can have some potatoes or, you know, even 20%, what I equate that to is a nice dessert of some sort um, that, you know, you can put in. I'm very good with healthy foods, 20% of whatever the hell you want. But if you have good 40% proteins, good 40% carbohydrates, but the good carbohydrates, right, the good stuff, not French fries, not, you know, fried stuff, you can have that every now and again, but, you know, you want you – want, the good veggies, and then about 20% of whatever the hell you want, you know? That, that's what I would like, the breads and, and, and that kind of stuff. So when you look at your plate, and also, too, another thing, when you're full, stop eating. Don't Just stop eating when you're full, especially if you're on a weight loss journey. Don't, in, don't gorge yourself. My, uh, my treat is not chocolate cake. My treat is not brownies. My treat is not cupcakes. My treat is not ice cream. My treat is beer. That's where my empty calories come from. That's why I eat healthy. That's why I exercise so I can go support a local pub and have a couple cold oat sodas. Is that a good replacement? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I was telling him when um, I, I trained Jeff Irway, and I'm going to do a plug out. I know this is Sober October, but he is the owner of Lacumbre, and I've trained him for many years. Hey, I can, I I can a, wait two a, more a, weeks, CJ. It's okay. I got yeah, two weeks I'm, in me. I'm, I'm, I'm good. A spon- and I told him I'm a sponsor of this Sober October this year, and I'm really supporting this group. And he says, you know, you're taking my business away, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me, hey, me and Fred are a big part of a lot of places' businesses in town when it's not Sober October. <laughs> but, but you know, honestly, guys, I, beer, wine, alcohol, it should be celebratory. We've created this. It's been around for years. And I think, honestly, one of the best, post-recovery is a good beer it truly is it it um now in moderation now don't be don't be getting like a six-pack of you know a good good beer but you know a good beer afterwards especially in a social atmosphere i'm all for it and it does have you know some essential amino acids in there and it does have some recovery on there especially for pain relief but if you use it too much like anything it could be bad for you but i i love beer i am a project dank all the way if that beer bites back that's what i love Beer 
has food value. Food has no beer value. (laughs) (laughs) Evolve strong. They're the best in town. They're the best in the biz. Even before we were partners, I love this gym. Tons of different classes for whatever you want to do. Stop by. You get a free week of classes. You get a free personal training session. The fellowship there is amazing. The friendship there is amazing. The nicest people in the business, the best trainers in the business. Evolve, no E, evolvestrong.com. Any final words before we let you go, CJ? No, man. We just appreciate you guys a lot. And, you know, thank you for all that you do. And uh, we'll see you next weekend, all right? Yeah, you will. You will see me on Monday. I'm doing a hike tomorrow, and I'll be at classes again on Monday. Thank you so much, CJ. Later, guys. Have a good day. CJ Chavez, Evolve Strong. Evolve, no E. That's evolvestrong.com. Go check them out. Could not endorse them any higher. When we come back, we're talking football on ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. If you listen to ABQ Central, that is Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central. We're live from the At Talk ABQ studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports, and we're getting strong with Evolve Strong. Big shout-out to CJ Chavez from Evolve Strong, owner, operator, trainer extraordinaire, hitting us up with some nutrition facts, giving us that uh, cheat codes for health go by evolve strong e-v-o-l-v evolvestrong.com i don't think i've ever heard of a personal trainer say just go and eat all the junk food you want but maintain some control how but can you okay. one well the other. obviously that, mike vital was not listening he didn't say go eat all the junk food you want yes if he you did want one have one Good Lord. I, I might have saying. to go see them at Evolve Strong. I have to be on stage for two and a half hours in my underwear in less than two yeah. weeks. So I might have to go check them out over there. If you did not recognize that voice, lawyer listener, that is the voice of Cameron Illich Welch, who is going to be the star of the At Talk ABQ produced Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Lobo Theater on Saturday, October 30th. Um, right at midnight, Rocky Horror Picture Show starts. So it will be a 45 minute Rocky Horror pre show. So make sure not to miss that. Tickets at rhpsabq.com or just search Rocky Horror Picture Show Albuquerque on Ticketmaster. On the phone, we got friend in real life, friend of the show, star of TV and radio, back to back to back, New Mexico Sportscaster of the Year. KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, brother. How we doing? Peachy. Had a fun show today. Got a Fredless Saturday. Fred stuck up in Vegas with no internet access. As usual. Yeah. Not to be confused with Las Vegas, Nevada. In in Fred's stead, we have Ryan Tamari and uh, your new best friend, Cameron Illage Welch, who will be starring in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And, of course, across, yeah. across the glass, your biggest fan, Mike Vital. What's been going on in your world, Brandon? Yeah, it was a quick turnaround this morning. It's been quite the last 12 hours. Did game day last night, talking high school football. Got off about 11.30 and then got up in time for the 9 a.m. Academy Extravaganza for some high school cross country. Just left there, Albuquerque Academy. One for the girls, 
and it was Volcano Vista winning for the boys. So I'll have highlights of that coming up tonight on KOB. And it's a pretty jam-packed day with high school football, and you get Lobo football coming up tonight. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, let's talk about Lobo football real quick. We're going to move into NFL. We're going to do our quick picks. I'm really excited because we have um, thespian extraordinaire Cameron Illage Welch in here with us. Who knows zero or Absol- close to zero? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely about football. negative zero. Negative zero. So we're going to do picks <laughs> with all of us and Cameron. So I'm very excited. I'm going to keep track. And he'll track probably win. Right. He'll, probably he'll probably win. win yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write. I don't know. I like I said. I'm just going to pick it off the last name that I like. How does that sound? Sweet. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on the Lobo game? Can the Lobos pull it out at home today? Yeah, this is a winnable game for sure for the Lobos. Two of their four losses, they should have they should have either won or been even more competitive in. So, um, Colorado State's a team that got off to a very slow start, and they picked it up a bit lately and played very well against San Jose State. The Lobos have. If you can't get pumped up and motivated for tonight, inducting Dontrell Moore, Teton Saltis is going to be in the building getting his Warfel Trophy. Uh, this is a great alumni night for the Lobos. And you, you got Danny and Gonzalez and Rocky Long who pump up their team uh, when it comes to alumni better than anybody. So this is a game – look, if the Lobos don't win it, they have to at least be competitive. This is a – a big moment in the season where, okay, you can't have another stinker on offense. You can't have shortcomings on defense. Now, the defense has been playing well, I feel like, the last few weeks. They've, they've been holding their own, at least, but the takeaways haven't really been there for the defense. That's been a big difference between last year's short season and this season. The takeaways haven't really been there. They did, they did get one against San Diego State, but they were getting multiple takeaways. Uh, throughout the season in games last year. So I think you need to see at least a big step forward. And that could be hard if you don't have Terry Wilson. And, and I think that's really – there's low probability he's playing today. He didn't practice a lot. That was a gruesome injury he suffered. I think it's going to take a little longer than, than one week to bounce back from that. So you, you're going to have a true freshman in C.J. Montez likely starting. So the cards are going to be tough for them to take a step forward, but they need to at least in the first half come out with some improvement on offense and uh, just, just give the home crowd something to believe in because, yeah, the last four weeks have been tough. KOB TV's Brandon Ortega obviously doesn't know what real quick means. Your wife is a lucky lady. So I'm looking at the calendar, <laughs> and I see Texas A&M, I see San Diego State, I see Boise State. Besides that, all those are winnable games if the Lobos are playing well. So you said this is a winnable game. Without Terry Wilson, how does how what how does the offense function with CJ Montez? Yeah, it starts with the running game. The offensive line has not gotten it going all season long, really. Even in the two games they won, the running game was non existent. It was more of Terry Wilson and connecting with a lot of receivers and the young receivers emerging, like Luke Weissong and Keontae Lanier and Manny Logan Green having strong a strong night uh, against the Aggies. Yeah, it, it absolutely starts and ends with the running game. you got to get some sort of rushing attack going with Aaron Dumas, Bobby Cole. The O-line's been the biggest part of the team that has been under fire throughout the season. We thought coming in, 
a lot of people thought coming in they were going to be a strong point of the team, and they've been the weakest point of the team, arguably. So this is a gut check moment for them. they got to show up, set the tone, give these talented running backs they have some space to run. If they can get the running game going, that's going to help CJ out immensely because the kid can throw, but you got to give them some balance with running and some time to throw. So if you can get the running game going, that's going to open things up for the passing game. All right, I'm excited for this now. We're moving on to NFL quick hitters. Um, uh, I'm going to let you go first, Brandon. Ryan, you go second. Cameron, you go third. And I will finish this up. Okay, we're going to start off with the game in London tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Dolphins technically at Jaguars. Jaguars are at home in London for whatever reason. Who you got, Brandon? I got... The Dolphins and Jason Sanders, the former Lobo, hitting a game winner. Boom. Kicker Jason Sanders hitting a game winner. Dolphins by a million. Okay. That's I have no faith in this Jags team. Okay, Cameron. Dolphins, Jaguars in London. Who you got? I like Dolphins, so Dolphins? Sweet. I Excellent. That, I saw that coming from a mile away. <laughs> I like Excellent. Dolphins. I love it so much. <laughs> I, for whatever reason, it being London, the Jaguars play in London every year. Uh, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna say the team unites behind Urban Meyer's scandal and plays for each other, and gets their first victory in London. They gotta grind one out. Next week, ooh, grind it out. <laughs> All right, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. The Vikings don't know who they are week to week. The Panthers look like they're gonna be without Christian McCaffrey one more week. Who you got, Brandon? I like the Vikings. They don't know who they are, but. Somehow they're going to figure it out and win on the road. Vikings. Vikings. Panthers are pretty. Panthers are pretty. (laughs) All right. We got Panthers are pretty. I like that. So I also have Carolina, not because they're pretty, but because they're at home and the Vikings are a week-to-week team and I can't get behind them. So Carolina at home. Los Angeles Chargers visit the Baltimore Ravens after Lamar Jackson's stellar performance last week. It's hard to pick against him, but the Chargers look like one of the best teams in football. Brandon, who do you got? Yeah, the Chargers really should win this. They're the hot team, but the Ravens have some momentum coming off that win against the Chiefs, so I'll go, I'll go Ravens at home. Okay. Brian. Wrong. Chargers. Chargers. We got Los Angeles. Sorry, like one sentence. Why? Uh, I like Herbert. I think they're they are the. I agree with you. I think they're one of the best teams in the league, and they probably should have beat Dallas if it weren't for 12 penalties. Okay, I also got Baltimore at home, even though I am behind Justin Herbert and the Chargers in the long run. Cameron. So I think I'm going to change it up. I'm done with the animals. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers. It sounds good. Okay, Chargers. Sounds good. Not He's not a fan of the animal Raven, <laughs> so we're going Chargers Very here. Very filthy bird. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I think this one's a no-brainer for anyone who knows anything about football. So the Los Angeles Rams will visit the New York Giants. Ryan Tamari has a Giants hat on. Would you like to convince us why the Giants will upset this week, or are you just going to not watch? Everybody's in a body bag. No, it's Chargers by – excuse me, Chargers. Think in L.A., it's Rams by a million. Rams by a million. Who do you got, Brandon? Yeah, it should be the Rams, and if they lose this game, they should be eliminated from the playoffs. Agreed. Yeah, okay. I also have the Rams. Okay, Cameron, Rams at the Giants. Who do you got? 
Let's go with the Rams. The Rams. Okay, it's a consensus. For the first time, it's a consensus. All right, we got the the lowly Texans visiting the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts have been playing better. Carson Wentz is starting to look like the old Carson Wentz. The Colts are running the ball well, and the Texans are a dumpster fire behind a Thai food restaurant with no <laughs> water hose anywhere close. Brandon, who do you got? Colts, easy. Yep, I think Colts easy is the answer. I'm going with the Colts. I still don't know who plays for the Texans. My, my grandmother's from Indiana, so I guess the Colts. There it is. Is that right? Yeah, that's <laughs> an excellent pick, an excellent reason. I also have the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, in a possible upset here, the Chiefs in the worst defense in the league and the Chiefs with the best offense in the league visit the Washington football team, the Washington Don't Call Me Redskins football team. Um, which, who's, which defense is going to show up? Is the Chiefs defense of last year showing up or is the Chiefs defense this year that makes everyone look like Patrick Mahomes? Going with the Chiefs. Got the Chiefs. No faith in that football team defense that was supposed to be stellar this year. Brandon, who you got? Yeah, I got the Chiefs. I think it could be ugly, but the Chiefs will make it happen. Cameron, who you got? My brother-in-law is a huge Chiefs fan, so we're going to go with the Chiefs. All right, here we go. Another Another great reason to pick a team. (laughs) More pick'ems when we get back. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back. Welcome back to this round table of NFL experts. <laughs> I think I've got the most expertise here, right? Led 100% by sports wizard Cameron Illage Welch. Just a <laughs> wealth of knowledge on all things NFL. Trained NFL analyst, been on NFL Network. What can I say? You got a celebrity <laughs> in the house. Cameron Illage Welch, uh, star of the upcoming Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Lobo Theater, is with us. Star of TV and radio, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega is with us, sitting in for Fred Slow, friend of the show, friend in real life, the incomparable Ryan Tamari is with us, and of course, behind the glass, we got Mike Vital, and I am Van Nunley, one half of ABQ Central. And we move on with our NFL picks. One of the greatest rivalries in all of sports, if you want to argue the only one better is Red Sox-Yankees. The Packers traveled to Soldier Field to play the Chicago Bears. Packers are playing very well. The Bears' offensive line has more holes than Swiss cheese. Should be an easy Packers win. Brandon, can the Bears pull off the upset? Yeah, the Bears' defense is playing pretty well, too, but I like the Packers in this one. Okay, Ryan. Uh, Packers by a million again, but... I think that the pa- the only team that is not better than the Packers in the NFC right now is Dallas, and it pains me to say that. Oof. Oh, that hurts. Sorry. Sorry about that. I also have Green Bay as an objective member of the press and a Packers fan. <laughs> Cameron, who you got, Packers or Bears? I'm upsetting this whole thing. Duh, Bears. All right. There we go. <laughs> Switching it up, going oppo. I love it. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals been playing very well. Uh, is Joe Burrow's neck okay? I don't know, but luckily they get to play the Lions. I got the Bengals in an easy one. Who you got there, Brandon? 
I think the Bengals should win, but I think Coach Campbell can wipe the tears away and the Lions get the upset. Ooh, we got an upset pick. Ryan? I love Dan Campbell. He's awesome. Was that one of the coolest things you've ever seen? Yes. It's like brought to tears by the effort your team gave you. And they have played well, but. But. Bengals plus three and a half. Okay, we got Cincinnati. Cincinnati chili all day. Cameron, Bengals and Lions, two big cats. Which is your big? Which is your favorite big cat? So I'm actually a former Lion. My high school is the Covington High School Lions in Covington, Louisiana. So I'm gonna go with the Lions because okay. once a lion, always a lion, right? We got two lion upsets in the pick'em. The undefeated Arizona Cardinals visit the Cleveland Browns. If you don't know this, the Cleveland Browns are the first team in NFL history last year, I mean last week, excuse me, to gain 500 yards, to score five touchdowns, to not give up a turnover, and lose. In the history of football, they took the toughest L in the history of football, and I have them upsetting and finally giving an L to the Arizona Cardinals. Brandon, who do you got? Yeah, I do too. I think... The Browns have been knocking on the door against some really good teams. The Cardinals were red hot, but I'll take the Browns at home. Ryan, who you got? Murray all day, every day. Cardinals cover. Okay, I am definitely an Arizona Cardinals dork, but the Browns have been playing phenomenally. I think they win this one and give the last undefeated team a loss. Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns. Who you got, Cameron? Brown's a terrible color, so the Cardinals? <laughs> well, here's, here's a little joke. The Browns, the Browns are actually orange. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so well, that's not so there. bad, but I'm still going to go with the okay. Cardinals. We got Arizona. The that's whole a, jerseys are brown. That's a, that's a strong pick. Okay. Ryan's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, visit Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I think if anybody can upset the Cowboys' offense, it's wizard Bill Belichick. But I think Dallas is just too good. Uh, I got Cowboys. Who you got, Brandon? I'll go Patriots. I just don't think the Cowboys have it in them to win a game. They absolutely should. Let's go Patriots. Hey, you're the king of the worst division in all of professional football. The last to cover. Okay. Cowboys and Patriots. Who you got, Cameron? Uh, let's go with the Pats. Okay. Pats at home. Interesting. Love it. Okay. The John Gruden scandal-ridden Raiders travel to Denver. And this is one of the craziest rivalries in football, too. So this one gets nuts. Raiders fans are crazy. Broncos fans are crazy. I think this is a 50-50 pick even though I think Vegas is a tiny bit better. I see Vegas rallying together in a coachless team. I got Vegas. Who you got, Brandon? Yeah, Raiders don't have a ton of momentum, but you're playing against your arch rival. You got to step it up. Let's go, Raiders. Okay, Ryan. I'm on the Derek Carr train. I've always loved him back to Fresno State, but John Denver. John Denver. Denver to cut Broncos minus four. John Denver. <laughs> nice. Okay, Cameron. We got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. You got? So you said this was a rivalry. A rivalry. They're yeah. both gonna kick butt in this, but we're gonna have to go with the Raiders. Raiders. Okay, Sounds I like good. that. Sounds good. Also, check out Bourbon and Boots, the official home of the Raiders' den. Check out any Raiders game at Bourbon and Boots. It's a lot of fun. Two more games left. Sunday night, we got Seattle Seahawks without Russell Wilson visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers have been up and down every week. With that being said, they're at home, and they're not that bad. And there's no Russell Wilson. I think I'm a fool not to pick Pittsburgh, so I got Pittsburgh. Who you got, Brandon? Go Seahawks. Going Seahawks with a Geno Smith-led upset. 
this is by far the worst primetime game of the year, and I'm sad. They should change it. Steelers to cover minus five. Okay. We have the Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got, Cameron? Stealing is bad, so the other team. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Seahawk isn't even a real bird. Oh, I love this. It's, it's a made-up bird. It's a made-up bird. Real bird. <laughs> and the Monday night game, who I think is the best team in the league so far in this season, the Buffalo Bills visit the Tennessee Titans. Who are the Tennessee Titans? They play good. They play bad. We're going to find out when they get the Bills at home. I got Buffalo easily. Real quick, Brandon, who you got? Yeah, Titans can't get it done. Bills. My, This is my upset special, Tennessee to Woo, win. Woo, Tennessee. Bills or Titans? Who you got, Cam? Bills. We got Bills. Thank you for all the callers today, Tommy and Orlando. Thank you for everybody on the text line, except for you one person. You know who you are. Big shout-out to Dontrell Moore for calling in. Congratulations on getting into the ring of honor. Thank you, as always, to CJ Chavez and Evolve Strong for helping us in our fitness journey. Thank you for joining us, Cameron Illage-Welch, star of Rocky Horror Picture Show, rhpsabq.com. Get your tickets before it sells out. And thanks for sitting in for Fred today, Ryan. Appreciate you, buddy. Anytime, anywhere. You've been listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.